Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. The official president of the United States has warned the world they will face Armageddon if Russia uses tactical nukes in Ukraine. And when the Russian president said that the use of nuclear weapons in Ukraine is senseless, the Biden administration reversed the no first use and sole purpose policies regarding nuclear warfare, meaning that the U.S. will now consider first strike nuclear attacks against non-nuclear threats. In a surprising break from projection and gaslighting, U.S. Congressman Jamie Raskin recently explained the truth behind the current U.S. policy with Russia. Russia is an Orthodox Christian country with traditional social values. And for that reason, it must be destroyed, no matter what the cost to us. So this is not a conventional war. This is a jihad. Jamie Raskin said that out loud. But many in Washington agree with them in both parties. They would like to see World War trans immediately. On the surface, that's what this is. World War trans. That is what the United States has become. To the rest of the world, America has become the land of abortions, castrations, death and lies. Meanwhile, our diesel fuel is set to run out before the winter and our leadership could care less. What are we doing to increase the supply of diesel, given that the Energy Information Administration said as of October 14th, the U.S. only had about a 25-day supply. You have the Northeast and and New York already rationing home heating oil. What are we doing to prepare for the winter and to ramp up supply of diesel? I'll I'll take the question on the diesel, because I just don't have the the data on that in front of me. So let me take that, and and, uh, and we'll get back to you on that. But but writ large, the, the president has been working very, very hard. Uh, to make sure that we're uh, that not only are, are are we ready for fluctuations that could come, and of course the prices are going down, and, and we think that's important, um, uh, but that we are also doing what we can to help our European friends and partners who are also going to be facing a long cold winter. We have doubled our commitment. The commitment he made in March for natural gas exports to Europe, we've doubled that commitment. The president has cut off our fuel and given away our emergency reserves. Without diesel fuel, the entire nation comes to a halt. And at this point, nothing is being done to stop it. The problem is, at this point, there may not be an answer because there may not be a way to avoid a disaster. Diesel fuel is not just low in this country, it's low in every Western nation that has aligned itself with Ukraine. All these nations preparing for World War trans are running out of diesel fuel. While millions may be scratching their heads over World War trans, too afraid to speak against it, Russian President Vladimir Putin recently explained what it's all about and how Russia has already been there. 
He said, after the 1917 revolution, the Bolsheviks also said that they would change existing ways and customs, and not just political and economic ones, but the very notion of human morality and the foundations of a healthy society. The destruction of age-old values, religion, and relations between people, up to and including the total rejection of family. All this was proclaimed progress, widely supported around the world back then, and was quite fashionable, same as today. Parent number one and parent number two, birthing parent instead of mother. I repeat, this is nothing new, and they made such a mess it still makes one shudder at times. President Putin says America should do what they want, but leave Russia out of it. They've already been there. And seeing as how Americans have become nothing but submissive spectators, it seems as if the United States will be going there as well, starting this winter. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Folks, find and share that video at band.videoinfowars.com. World War Trans, it's the latest from Greg Reese. We'll be back on the other side to do your daily dispatch. Very big show we have for you today. Some real bombshell stories to discuss. We'll be taking your calls, of course. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. It is the 1st of November, 2022. Very glad you're here with us. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Band.video, Infowars.com. That's where you find this video and uh, share all of the links. We have a pretty jam-packed show for you today. We'll be joined by Matt Baker in the third hour. Talk about his experience being attacked by the transes. Excited to talk to him about that. We'll be taking your phone calls throughout the show as well. But we've got some major stories that we need to spend some time on. We'll cover them quickly here in the Daily Dispatch and then uh, get more in-depth into them and really really ride the wave of our rage here as we read what's going on in the world around us. So let's just get into it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Tuesday, the 1st of November, 2022. From the Atlantic, let's declare a pandemic amnesty. That's right. We need to forgive one another for what we did and what we said when we were in the dark about COVID by Emily Oster. Now, we're going to get oh, just very into this article. We're going to we're going to pick this article apart piece by piece. And we're going to let old Miss Oster know exactly what we think about her her humble suggestion. You can start by just admitting what you did wrong. You, we can start by you admitting that you were wrong and asking for forgiveness, not amnesty, forgiveness. It's hard to forgive somebody who is still actively doing the thing they're asking you to forgive them for, so that's, that's kind of confusing. We'll get, into, we'll get into it. I don't want to spend too much time in the Daily Dispatch. Uh, instead, I'll toss it over to TikTok where uh, this guy has the best answer to this that you can imagine. Here it is. 
Look, 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 look. They want everybody to forget and forgive everything that happened during the pandemic. We were all in the dark. We were all afraid. Like, nah, bitch. Like, that was like we all got kidnapped and put together on an island. And then all of y'all bastards were like, we should eat them. And we're like, what the f***? And then now they took us off the island and we're just looking at you on the ride home like, and you're like, oh, wasn't that crazy? And we're like, nah, bitch, you tried to eat us. <laughs> I didn't kick you out of those stores. I didn't ruin your job. I didn't tell you you couldn't come to the family reunion. I didn't tell you you had to drop dead of a heart attack because you didn't get the jab. So you're not welcome at this hospital. There ain't nothing to forgive on my side, baby boo. This is a you problem. And we're still talking about it. <laughs> no, we're still talking about it. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about it. They're like, we could just forgive each other. You know, we stomped on your neck. We forced you, you know, out of our entire society. We ostracized you. We told you you should die. We tried to kill you. We shut you up. We kicked you off line. But, you know, you guys, <laughs> you guys uh, uh, wouldn't wear a mask. So I think we both have things to apologize for here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, we'll get into that. We'll just, we'll save that. We'll keep our powder dry on that one till, I don't know, next segment. Then we'll really let loose. But we'll move on for now. Fuel company issues diesel shortage warning, says conditions, quote, rapidly devolving. Maryland, Virginia, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina expect to be impacted by the diesel shortage. A major fuel supply and logistics company is raising a red flag on upcoming diesel fuel shortages. Mansfield Energy issued an alert on Friday saying there was a developing diesel fuel shortage in the southeastern region of the United States. The company speculated that the shortage could be generated from poor pipeline shipping economies and historically low supply of diesel reserves. And of course, this is uh, just one of a number of different things contributing to the perfect storm of total collapse that again has been brought about entirely, completely, universally because of policies pursued by the globalist class and their democratic compatriots. So nothing's being done about this as we're being distracted by Paul Pelosi's gay fling and all sorts of other ridiculous nonsense. The clock is ticking towards midnight. And we'll cover that more as well. This is another story that we'll spend quite a bit of time on today. In fact, it gives us our headline for today's show. Leaked documents outline DHS's plans to police disinformation. This story from The Intercept explains how the government and big tech were in very, very close cooperation as they work together to silence those who departed from the mainstream narrative department of homeland security is quietly broadening its efforts to curb speech it considers dangerous an investigation by the intercept has found years of internal dhs memos emails and documents obtained via leaks in an ongoing lawsuit as well as public documents illustrate an expansive effort by the agency to influence tech uh, tech platforms and it's not just an expansive effort by the agency to influence tech platforms they have already been hugely successful in this and they're already working behind the scenes cooperating hand in glove with the big tech companies so again we'll be getting into this this is the absolute desecration of the first amendment it is the greatest violation of human rights in my lifetime probably and may very well end up being the story of the decade if we take the information enclosed in this and actually act on it If we actually are able to achieve change from this, then this 
will go down in history as a major turning point back towards freedom in this country or nothing will happen. The Republicans will be absolute windbags and achieve nothing, uh, do nothing to actually preserve and protect our God-given rights. And this will just be yet another story, yet another data point in our fall. So whether this actually becomes a catalyst for change and getting back to the America that was supposed to be or whether this will just be the documentation of our downfall is yet to be seen. But we'll get very into this article as well. And we've got just all sorts of stuff, the actual text messages, the documents, the collusion, the way it goes from COVID-19 and that uh, the, the infrastructure that they set up for COVID-19, how seamlessly it gets turned into war propaganda. It's a huge story, and uh, we'll spend the appropriate amount of time in it, on it today, and we'll take your calls about that as well. We also have this story, too. Our, our Last two stories are the ones we've been covering for a while, new developments in each. Kanye says, my lawyers told me I'll lose custody of my kids if I keep up the, quote, anti-Semitic rhetoric. Ye said Sunday night on Parler that he was told by his custody lawyer, Bob Cohen, that he will lose custody of his children if he keeps up his anti-Semitic rhetoric. On my last and final meeting with Bob Cohen, he told me, if I keep up this anti-Semitic rhetoric, you'll lose custody of your children. Let me get this straight, he continued. If I complain about Jewish business practices, it's considered anti-Semitic. So my custody lawyer was basically telling me if you complain about getting done wrong in business, you will lose custody of your children. And this was the guy on my side. So again, they've already, they've already robbed the man of $2 billion in a single day, destroyed the – business network that he spent a lifetime setting up um, but unfortunately hasn't learned his lesson yet i think if you want to keep him in line just get the whip out just tie him up to it to the stockade get out the bull whip and whip him until he says his name is toby i think that's the way that this needs to happen i think you're just beating around the bush here uh, just just whip him into submission uh, like you know you want to i think that would be actually kinder than taking the man's kids away i think it's actually more cruel of a punishment so why not just get the bull whip out and whip him like a slave since that's the way you're that you're treating him just again horrific despicable and we'll get more into that later as well we'll also talk about Kyrie Irving who's also being accused of anti-semitism for posting a very bizarre documentary and we'll talk about that as well then the other story that we've been covering here alleged Paul Pelosi attacker David DePape charged by federal prosecutors and we're learning new things about David DePape, including that he wanted to keep the House Speaker hostage and, quote, break her kneecaps. <laughs> and, uh, and that he's an illegal immigrant from Canada. Yes, Canada, the worst place in the world. We're, we're, we're learning more about this, but not really getting any answers to the questions that we have. Of course, all of this could be easily wrapped up in a single moment if they just released the CTV footage that we know that they have of the event, but they're not doing that for some reason. You're not allowed to ask why. That makes you a conspiracy theorist. Just accept what they say. Don't let the globalist monsters and their mercenary minions be successful at silencing you. And the globalist's number one mission is to silence InfoWars because they rightly see us as one of the main beacons of resistance alerting the people, not just of America, but the world, to the threat of the globalist and their censorship and tyranny. 
That's why it's so essential today, now more than ever, to share links from InfoWars.com and to also financially support InfoWars.com at the most critical time in our fight by using promo code 1776 at checkout so you get an additional 10% off. These people are coming for your birthright. They're coming for your First Amendment. They admit once they've silenced us, they're coming for you. I am in your hands, and I'm asking for your support now. You have my commitment to never give up or back down, but I could give out without your support. Thank you for all your past support. I'm encouraging you now to redouble your efforts at InfoWarsStore.com with promo code 1776 for an additional 10% off on the already big sales and huge discounts. Once a tragedy reaches a level of national significance, American citizens should be allowed to basically question that event in any way that they deem fit. The First Amendment is unique in the world. That's what they want to take away, your ability to speak freely. So they're going to go for Mike Lindell next, or are they going to go for Steve Bannon, or are they going to go for Tucker Carlson? I studied the globalists 30 years ago, but on air 28 years, and I knew they were planning all of this, and I warned the public as a modern Paul Revere. But I couldn't have done it without your support. And now, because we've been so successful warning the population of the planet, not just America, we're public enemy number one when it comes to the globalist agenda. That's why it's more important than ever to realize how successful InfoWars has been because of your past support. So I salute you and I thank you. And I ask you now, at the critical juncture of the battle, to redouble your efforts by visiting InfoWarsStore.com and getting amazing products that keep us on air. 1776 of the promo code. The destination is InfoWarsStore.com. And I thank you all for your support. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. back ladies and gentlemen this is american journal infowars.com band.video oh we're gonna we're gonna spend some time on this story boys Uh, this broke right after our show ended yesterday so you may have already seen it but we haven't had a chance to cover it here yet so boy are we going to from the atlantic let's declare a pandemic amnesty Let's declare a pandemic amnesty by Emily Oster. Where do we even begin with this? Well, we'll just start reading the story and just react to it. There's definitely going to be no quarter for the pharmaceutical companies. Let's just start there. That's where we should start. No quarter. How about no quarter for any of these people? I mean, the pharmaceutical companies obviously at at the top of the list, but... How about no quarter across the board? Okay, so the, the way I feel about it is like, let's say you were in an actual war, right? And you get the opportunity to either kill or capture a bunch of prisoners, mm. right? Wouldn't you rather capture than kill? Um, and and what, I'm ge- what I'm getting at, I know that's a metaphor. We're going to be nonviolent. This is a nonviolent discussion, right? It's when it comes down to it. You know, these people were misled. They had different streams of information, and they trusted those streams of information, which is why they were easily manipulated. You know, I feel bad for those people, right? And I don't. I, I think I don't. that, I think I that really, part I, of bringing, like, the society back together, you know, does start with forgiveness, but it doesn't mean okay, you have right, to right, forgive right, Hold on, it. hold on, hold on. You said forgiveness. They're not saying forgiveness. They're not asking for forgiveness. Forgiveness 
means that they admit that they've done something wrong. Nowhere in this article do they admit that they did anything wrong. They don't apologize anywhere in here. If you want to talk about forgiveness, we can start with them apologizing. And then it can be up to us whether we forgive them or not. But they're not asking for forgiveness. They're not apologizing. They're not saying that they did anything wrong. They're, after, they're asking for amnesty, a pardon. They're saying, well, let's just eh, – it's a wash. You know, We both did bad things. No, no, no. They did things to us. They were wrong about everything. I, and I don't, I don't forgive people for not – for like trusting liars. Like no. We knew they were liars from the very beginning. It was basic logic. It we was, knew. It was fear that – we knew and we told people and our information was out there and we got our information from other authoritative sources that they could have gone out there and looked for. Did people in your own life when you told them – what the truth was, did they go, oh, wow, I had no idea. Thank you for telling me. Like just, you know, if they had access to the information, did they actually think about it and use it or did they reject it outright because they were in a state of, of panic and fear and cowardice? Like, no, there's no quarter. There's no for- forgiveness here until we get a sincere apology and they actually recognize what they did was wrong. There's no admission of wrongdoing here. They act like we both did wrong things. They act like we're both at fault here. We are not at fault. We have nothing to apologize for. They have plenty to apologize for, and they've yet to apologize. So we, if we want to give them I'm forgiveness— I'm saying that they don't have to work for our forgiveness. Yeah. Right? There, there are blowjobs that are due. <laughs> no, look, if they— if they want forgiveness, they can apologize and they can explain why they were wrong and why they did what they did and, and you know, how they understand now you know, what they did was was so wrong. And, you know, they can apologize and, and we can think about forgiving them. But but you've got a whole litany of people that not only were trapped in this in this state of confusion and delusion because they believe the liars but you've got the liars themselves you've got the big tech companies and the other various you know methods by which they censored us from getting this information out there you've got the people who demonized everyone i mean they wrote articles that were like i guess we just have to kill the unvaccinated like they these people were viciously targeting us they were destroying people's lives they were humiliating and ostracizing and brutalizing people based on the things the falsehoods that they believe there's right. no the there's the no store, amnesty here the karen at the store in the compilation that we play all along she's one of those people that that's very emblematic of the attitudes of people who were vaccinated because they felt frustrated right they felt like that was what you know they, they were frustrated at the rest of society they were frustrated at us and their see Did their we, anger this woman's anger right was turned on unmasked or unvaccinated people by pharmaceutical companies, right? You know, no, you don't. I don't blame the pharmaceutical. That woman is in control of her own actions. That woman, oh, I understand, is that. making is making her own choices, and it's their cowardice and their inability to stand up for any of this that got us in this situation. So, no, that woman, you think well, she gets amnesty? You think so, she gets so forgiven? What, you, what, what, what will you do? Will you just? continue to rub it in their faces that they were wrong yes. till the end of time yes absolutely yes yes okay <laughs> until they apologize until they actually admit they were wrong nowhere in this article do they admit that they were wrong nowhere in this article do they say okay it was us it was the vaccinators it was the people who shut down the school it was the two weeks to slow the spread people they never if, say it was us they say it was it was both of us none of us knew what if none of us forced, had any idea what if we forced them to wear masks until the end of time just like the nazis well, okay, like this, we forced them to wear their their nazi 
Nazi uniforms. Right. The, yeah, yeah. We'll carve a mask into their forehead just so they never forget. Yeah, that, that might be a good start. But no, look, the good news is our God is a just God and your punishment awaits. So we don't have to do anything. You people have screwed yourselves. You've sold your own souls. And even now, your punishment is growing like a, like a worm inside your own veins, working its way towards your heart. And one day you'll just fall over dead from the mistake that you made, from the lie that you believed. So we don't have to do anything. These people have already laid their own beds and now they're about to get screwed in them. So that's fine. All of that's fine. But the point is that they do not ask for forgiveness. They do not admit that they were wrong. They just want it all to be a wash. They just want it all just to go away. Just stop. Just, just let's just forget everything we did to you. By the way, they're still doing it. I don't know if you've noticed. They're still pushing the vaccine. They just put it on the childhood mandate. They just said that if you want to get ready for the hurricane, you better get vaccinated. They're still doing it. So this is somebody holding your head underwater and going, please forgive me for drowning you. They're still doing it. They're still engaged in this war against us. So if you want to be forgiven for something, you got to A, stop doing it, and B, beg for forgiveness. Humble yourself to the people that you want forgiveness from. None of this, let's just, it's just all a wash. Nobody knew, nobody knew. And literally everything, everything they say, like all these uh, quotes that I've highlighted here, they just act like we didn't know. Nobody knew. There were conditions of tremendous uncertainty. Reasonable people, people who cared about children and teachers advocated on both sides of the reopening debate. Did they though? Did they? I don't know. One side kept the Schools closed. One side got us into this mess. One side forced us to wear masks. One side had their knee on all of our collective necks. Do we have to apologize? Do we have anything to apologize for? I mean, literally, what do we have to apologize for? Were we the ones running around attacking people, yelling at people in stores when they were wearing masks? We're yelling at, at people who are wearing masks. We're attacking them. We're dragging them out of the store. You know, by the by the scruff of their neck. Did we do any of that stuff? Do we have anything to apologize for? Do we apologize for being right? Do we apologize for advocating individual freedom? Do we apologize for standing up against tyranny and being viciously attacked at every turn? Do we have to apologize for being vindicated? Do we have to apologize for being right about the lab leak and being right about the lockdowns and being right about the social distancing? Do we have anything to apologize for? This is not a... Oh, what's just amnesty on both? We both agree to lay down our weapons. No, 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 that's not happening. No quarter, no quarter. We're just getting started. And you people can maybe mitigate your punishment by apologizing first. I am extremely honored to be seen by the globalists as their number one enemy. I am blessed to know that our information is so hardcore that the enemies of humanity are obsessed with silencing us. They know the truth about their globalist operations is exposed. It's came over. And all over the planet, humanity is awakening and peacefully fighting back. And our main tool is free speech and the truth we promote using free speech. That's why when you share articles and videos from Band.Video or Infowars.com or Newswars.com, it changes the world. And that's why when you go to InfoWarsStore.com and get amazing products that empower you and your body and your immune system and that of your family, you're also empowering the tip of the spear in the fight against the globalist. The fight starts at InfoWars.com and the support of the fight starts at InfoWarsStore.com. God bless and thank you all for your support. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today.
You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Sort of a bizarre feeling, but you feel it quite a bit reading stories like this. Uh, the simultaneous polarity and fury that is that it inspires. Like, read the story. Let's declare a pandemic amnesty. Let's just forgive everyone who locked everyone down and destroyed the world's economy and destroyed the minds of children and, and put a mask on your toddler. Let's just forgive them. You read that and you go, this is, this is hilarious. What? Right? It's just like it's like watching a, watching a clown kill your friend. It's like, well, it's funny, but also what? What is happening? No, no, no. There's no amnesty here. No, no. You can we'll, we can think about forgiveness, but that first requires your humbling yourself. Your your begging for forgiveness. Your apology, meaningful, heartfelt apology, where you recognize exactly what you did wrong, and you say, "Here's what I did wrong. Here's here's how I hurt you. I understand what I did now." I'm sorry about that. Will you please forgive me? And then maybe we can think about it. That doesn't exist in this story. It doesn't exist. In fact, what they're doing here, the important part about this story is they're completely rewriting history. They're, they're acting like both sides of the debate were treated equally at the time. Right? They, she says, and to be fair for this woman, Emily Oster, which, by the way, uh, if you want to uh, – if you want an argument – against this entire story just look at the look at the author's face that's that's the argument against this story but to be fair to uh old crazy eyes over here she was a advocate for schools reopening so she at least got that right but she says in april 2020 nobody got the coronavirus from passing somebody else hiking she talks about how they were hiking and how they were wearing masks and how they understand now that that was stupid now we understood that was stupid from the beginning how did we know gee we're we're just we're just universally brilliant i guess i, I don't know but she says Outdoor transmission was vanishingly rare. Our cloth masks made out of old bandanas wouldn't have done anything anyway. But the thing is, we didn't know. We didn't know. Nobody knew. No, we didn't know. I mean, we knew. I knew. <laughs> I told you. I mean, we all knew. So they didn't know somehow. Somehow they didn't know. Somehow they couldn't figure it out. Somehow they didn't know that natural immunity existed. They didn't know that sunlight was a disinfectant. They didn't know any of this stuff, even though it was all obvious. It was all right there. Why didn't they know? They didn't know because the people telling them were silenced. The people telling them were banned from the internet. The people telling them that, the doctors, the scientists telling them that, had their licenses revoked and were smeared across the mainstream media. So let's not act like we just didn't know. You could have known, except that the people in charge went out of their way to silence the people telling you the truth. So let's just be clear. We knew. We knew. She says, we spent uh, several lectures. She's a teacher, by the way. Several lectures reliving the first year of the pandemic, discussing the many important choices we had to make under conditions of tremendous uncertainty. Tremendous uncertainty. Did you feel any uncertainty? When they were sending tanks, uh, APCs, armored personnel carriers, and sheriffs with automatic rifles to point the faces of people who were opening their business, did that seem very uncertain to you? Did they seem very uncertain when they were locking down the entire country? Were they uncertain when they were throwing pastors into prison for trying to open up their church? Was there any sense of uncertainty there, or did they act with perfect certitude as if they knew exactly what they were doing? There was no uncertainty on their side. 
they were very certain on what they wanted to do. They were very certain on how they treated people who were just trying to live their lives unencumbered by these ridiculous and unlawful mandates. Does this seem uncertain to you? Is there a bit of uncertainty here? No. The police acted with incredible certainty as they were arresting people who had done nothing wrong. So again, they're rewriting history. They're trying to act like this was all just, oh, nobody knows. Oh, nobody knew at the time. There are people on both sides arguing, and we made the best choices we could. No, no, no. People on one side of the argument were silenced, were arrested, were destroyed, had their lives ripped away from them, had their children threatened to be taken away from them. That was the certainty with which you acted. Okay, so don't act like this was just all up in the air and there were both people on both sides making these arguments. People that were making the arguments in favor of freedom and against the ridiculous tyrannical orders were silenced violently. So you can shut up, right? They're, they're trying to rewrite history. They're trying to make you think that 2020 was a time when nobody knew what was going on. And it goes on, right? They talk about the school closures. They say we only had glimmers of information, reasonable people, people who cared about children and teachers advocated on both sides of the reopening debate. Did they, though? Did they? Again, did you have uh, an open, robust debate about this or was one side the de facto lawful side, the de facto – the side that had all the full force and weight of the entire media establishment and the legal and political establishment and the other side – we're desperately contending against that. Again, they're trying to rewrite history, and we're not going to let them. She says, remember when the public health community had to spend a lot of time and resources urging Americans not to inject themselves with bleach? No, you made that up. That didn't exist. Again, this is all bullcrap. This is all lies. Nobody – told anybody to inject people with bleach it was an offhand comment by trump who was like isn't it amazing how bleach kills the the disease so quickly wouldn't it be great if if we had something equivalent to that that could be inside the body and kill the virus just as efficiently as it can kill it on the surface and then you people said donald trump tells his supporters to inject themselves with bleach and invented an entire talking point that you're still running with so they're still doing it they're still spreading the misinformation they're still lying about what anti-vaxxers were saying the entire time. They're still doing it. You think you're going to get amnesty when you're still fighting the war. You absolute scumbags. She says misinformation was and remains a huge problem. Which again is just, you know, when they say misinformation, when the establishment of the authorities or the, the whoever says misinformation, they mean people like InfoWars who were counter to the mainstream narrative. We were right about everything there was nothing we got wrong and that's the other thing so they say given the amount of uncertainty every position was taken on every topic again was it no they're rewriting history they did not take every position on every topic there were not robust debates with both sides saying their points there was one side that was forced down your throat and if you didn't like it you'd be arrested or thrown in jail or lose your job or have your license revoked so what are they talking they're trying to rewrite history here and we are not going to let them. No quarter. On every topic, she says, someone was eventually proven right and somebody else was proven wrong. I'd like to add a little addendum here. We were the ones proven right. You were the ones proven wrong. What were you right about? What were we wrong about? Can you name one thing? Doesn't exist. We're right about everything. 
don't you we're not gonna just like okay now that it's over we can look back and say we all got some stuff wrong and also nope no we were right about everything we're right about absolutely everything we have yet to be proven wrong about a single thing we knew everything about this disease we needed to in january of 2020 we were reporting the truth before the mainstream media even recognized that it was a threat they were telling you to go to hug a chinese person as stupid as that sounds, they were. So that's just that's just the way it was. So we knew before they even knew what coronavirus was. We knew where it came from. We knew how dangerous it was. And we knew the steps that we could take to mitigate the, the threat. And we were called racist, by the way, for, for suggesting that we cut off travel. She says people who got it right, for whatever reason, may want to gloat. Oh, for whatever reason, we might want to gloat. Yeah, we're going to gloat. But it's not about gloating. It's about not taking your deceptive line on this. It's about pointing out that we were right the entire time. It's not gloating. It's just reality. It's just what it is. It's just you need to recognize that you were wrong. We don't need to gloat, but until, it, until you recognize that you were wrong, yeah, we're going to keep gloating, right? It's like if, if you're, you're playing a game, playing a sports game, playing tennis or something, and you defeat your opponent. If your opponent comes up and shakes your hand and says, hey, good game, you played really well and, and you beat me, you're not going to gloat to that guy. You say, hey, you know what? Sometimes it goes, you know, maybe you'll get me next time. There's no gloating there. But if that person starts going, no, well, they, they, they cheated. And they, they, the refs and the umpires, they had them on, on payroll and blah, blah. Then you're going to be like, you know what? I won and I won and I beat you fair and square and you lost. So deal with it, right? You get to gloat when the other person is a, is a childish baby, when the other person isn't playing fair, when the other person isn't a good sport. And then you get to gloat a little bit. If they were to humble themselves and they were to say, hey, we were wrong, you were right, I wouldn't be gloating because I wouldn't be having to point out that we were right. So we'll get we'll return to this on the other side, but I'm gonna keep raging and I'm gonna keep saying no quarter, no quarter, no quarter. The answer to 1984 is 1776. And the answer to get an additional 10% off at InfoWarsStore.com is 1776. We're running the Save InfoWars special right now. 40 to 50% off store-wide books, films, uh, documentaries, t-shirts, water filtration, everything is massively discounted, up to 50%. But when you use promo code 1776, get an additional 10% off. That's up to 60% off and double Patriot points, which means 10% off on your next order as well. These aren't just great products that empower your body, your immune system, your focus, your clarity, your, your libido. They also keep us on air. We're in an info war. We're not funded by George Soros, the Democratic Party, or the globalists. We're funded by viewers and listeners and patriots like you. So please visit InfoWarsTour.com today. The sale's about to end. Promo code 1776 for up to 60% off. It's the fourth coin that we've released in the last year. And I believe the most powerful, the man in the arena coin, Teddy Roosevelt. Citizen of a republic. The man in the arena. There's only 10,000 of this coin in existence in the world. It will never be made again. And it's not just an amazing historic coin. It funds the information war against the globalist. This is something you want to hand down to your grandchildren. This is something you want to own. And as a fundraiser, it is funding the information war against the globalist. Ladies and gentlemen, 10,000 coins are available. They'll sell out very quickly. Please be part of history, and thank you all for your support. You can go to 1776coin.com, or you can go to patriotcollectibles.com and secure this coin. There's only 10,000 of this coin in existence, and it funds the info war. Man in the Arena coin, Teddy Roosevelt, 
1776coin.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. your calls to the next hour joined by matt baker in the third hour i guess there really is not too much to say about this article more than i already have the pandemic amnesty argument we'll just we'll just finish up here some of the the quotes from the article she says people who got it right for whatever reason may want to gloat for whatever reason and it's not gloating. It's it's that you still haven't acknowledged that we were right the whole time. But okay, it says those who got it wrong for whatever reason may feel defensive and retrench into a position that doesn't accord with the facts. All of this gloating and defensiveness continues to gobble up a lot, gobble up a lot of social energy and drive the culture wars, especially on the internet. These discussions are heated, unpleasant, and ultimately unproductive. In the face of so much uncertainty, getting something right had a hefty element of luck. And that's the Scott Adams argument, right, where they're like – he's just like everybody was guessing and some people guessed right and some people guessed wrong. I, were we guessing? Were we just making things up? I, I wasn't making anything up. I wasn't guessing. I was going off of the facts. I was saying what was true. I was using personal logic and, and well-established scientific, scientific norms to decide what was true and what wasn't. And now they want to look back and say, I was just guessing that it was just luck that I was right. It was just luck that we were right about absolutely everything. As, again, it's not just about gloating. It's not just about like listing off all the things we were right about. It's about pointing out that there wasn't anything we were wrong about. That there wasn't anything that it was like, okay, well, all right, the lockdowns, you guys were right about the lockdowns. But hey, the masks did help. So you admit that you were wrong about that. And we're like, okay, yeah, the masks were, no, the masks didn't work. Social distancing, social distancing didn't work. The lockdown was both futile and hugely destructive to the world economy. And we knew this all from the very beginning. So it's just they're trying to rewrite history. They're trying to act like everybody was just uncertain at the time. It's completely despicable and they say similarly getting something wrong wasn't a moral failing see i gotta i gotta disagree i think it was a moral failing i think it was because i think it was primarily driven by fear i think it was primarily driven by cowardice and by a desire to just be with the in crowd just not be ostracized just not suffer the you know, social ramifications of being right, so you chose to be wrong. That's a moral failing. This was a moral issue here. You people were immoral, deceptive, controlling, tyrannical, brutal, vicious. We didn't say we wanted people who wore masks to die. We didn't say we wanted people who got vaccinated to suffer and die. We warned them not to get vaccinated because we didn't want them to suffer and die. So not only... Were the people on their side wrong about everything, destroyed the entire world because of how wrong they were, but they were also vicious and unforgiving the entire time. We were right about everything. We were open to changing our minds if there was evidence that we were wrong. And we were actually loving in all of this. We were actually just begging for a seat at the table rather than just being buried continuously. So this was there was a moral aspect to this, and you people acted as immorally as it's possible to imagine. We weren't the ones dragging you out of stores. 
And even like even the language that they use in this, it shows they still haven't learned their lesson. And that's that's the important part. Not only are they trying to rewrite history and they need to be told to shove it. We know what happened. We know you people are despicable liars that tried to destroy us and we survived and have won at the end of the day. We this is a victory lap for us. But it's also not a matter of like, like this whole this so she ends this by saying the the standard saying is that those who forget history are doomed to repeat it but dwelling on the mistakes of history can lead to a repetitive doom loop as well let's acknowledge that we've made complicated choices in the face of deep uncertainty and then try to work together to build back and move forward oh we're just going to build back better are we you people need to be punished because you clearly haven't learned your lesson it's not even a matter of like getting satisfaction for something that was done wrong to us back then. It's about trying to not let that happen again. And if you don't want this to happen again, if you don't want to live in a world in a media atmosphere where one side is viciously silenced while the other side is totally wrong and unquestioned and uncontested in the public sphere, if you want to avoid the existence of that contention ever again, then the people that did it need to be punished. There are multiple reasons why you punish a criminal. Part of it is to get that satisfaction, is to simply get some form of justice, like an eye for an eye. You just you do to them what they've done to somebody else just because that's how justice works these days. But the other part of it is preventing it from happening, happening again in the future, from letting everybody know if you do what you did before, if you do it again, here's how you're going to be treated next time. So all the people that did this, not everybody, and we don't have to punish everybody, but they should apologize. They should humble themselves. They should realize what they did was wrong and actually ask for forgiveness. There's no asking for forgiveness in this story. There's no admitting that they were wrong. But the people that were in charge, people that led the pack, people that silenced the opposition and shut down the economy, they need to be punished as a preventative measure. Just to let everybody know that this is what happens when you use a medical emergency as an excuse to invoke tyranny. You have to be held to account for that. You have to be punished for it. You have to be made to feel the pain that you've been inflicted on others, and you have to be brought down from your high horse and humiliated in the way that you deserve. Strictly business. (laughs) In In the words of my hero... It's nothing personal, strictly business. For the sake of humanity, you people have to be punished. You people have to be held to account for what you did to everybody. Just like a murderer has to be held to account. You can forgive the murderer. That's fine. They still get strapped to the electric chair. Okay? And again, they they haven't learned their lesson. They're still saying things like this. Moving on is crucial now because the pandemic created many problems we still need to solve. The pandemic did. Not them. They aren't taking responsibility for this. They aren't saying, okay, it was it was us. We created all these problems. They're still saying it was the pandemic that did it. It was the virus that shut down the schools. It was the virus that put a mask on your child. It was a virus that injected you with a poisonous vaccine. It was a virus that kept you away from family functions because you refused to submit to their jab. No, it wasn't the virus. It was you people. It wasn't the pandemic. It was you. It was human beings who made this decision. So again, they haven't, they haven't learned their lesson. They have so not learned their lesson, they're still blaming the pandemic 
on the things that they themselves did. So there you go. That's my take on this. You want pandemic amnesty? Well, you'll get it in hell. Where you're going because the blood clot is slowly making its way towards your lung as we speak because you got the vaccine, which you're still pushing, and you're still putting on childhood vaccine mandate lists. So without without invoking any uh, colorful four-letter words, I think that's all I can say about that. <laughs> so no, the answer is no. The big, big fat no to your you're asking for amnesty. So retarded. Uh, folks, InfoWars has been right the entire time. InfoWars told you from the very beginning, it leaked from a lab. We told you from the very beginning what the purpose of all of this was, that the two weeks to slow spread would never end, that it was all an excuse to get mail-in ballots because they were going to cheat in the election, that the social distancing was made up out of nowhere, that the masks were ineffective. We knew all of this because all of the science had been settled well and long before any of this occurred. So you people listen to liars. You allowed them to silence and censor us, and you are suffering the consequences from it. But if you you know, feel like making amends, if you feel like actually supporting the people that were telling you the truth – and actually begging for freedom and begging for liberty. And by the way, we always said if you wanted to stay inside, if you wanted to put a mask on your on your cat, if you wanted to stay home while we were all having Thanksgiving dinner, you were allowed to do that. We never wanted to impose our views on you. We just wanted freedom. We just wanted to be able to be ourselves and to continue to live our lives and to have the world continue to actually operate. So uh, no quarter, but also – you know, maybe you could uh, maybe you could support the people that were right the entire time. Go to InfoWarsStore.com if you want to uh, support one of the only outlets, including, you know, do you th- did, did Daily Wire, were they against all this stuff? Was, was the blaze coming out in full force against all of these measures? Or was it just InfoWars? Did we stand alone in 2020 as being right about literally everything, calling a, a, everything exactly how it played out? And, you know, maybe if for no other reason than that, you'd want to go to InfoWarsStore.com and support this singular outfit, uh, outlet supporting the truth and actually fighting for your rights against a monolithic and tyrannical force. I am extremely honored to be seen by the globalists as their number one enemy. I am blessed to know that our information is so hardcore that the enemies of humanity are obsessed with silencing us. They know the truth about their globalist operations is exposed. It's game over. And all over the planet, humanity is awakening and peacefully fighting back. And our main tool is free speech and the truth we promote using free speech. That's why when you share articles and videos from Band.Video or Infowars.com or Newswars.com, it changes the world. And that's why when you go to InfoWarsStore.com and get amazing products that empower you and your body and your immune system and that of your family, you're also empowering the tip of the spear in the fight against the globalist. The fight starts at InfoWars.com, and the support of the fight starts at InfoWarsStore.com. God bless, and thank you all for your support. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. You keep 
The International Commission on the Biological Effects of Electromagnetic Fields has released a study which proves radiofrequency radiation is not as harmless as the FCC would like us to think. The study examines and invalidates outdated science from the 1980s and 90s, which was used to try and affirm that radio, cell phone, and 5G radiation was safe. Their publication is meant to show, quote, how the past 25 years of extensive research on radio frequency radiation demonstrates that the assumptions underlying the Federal Communications Commissions and the International Commission on Non-Ionizing Radiation Protection's exposure limits are invalid and continue to present a public health harm. Essentially, in the late 1990s, the FCC and ICNIRP set the international standard for radio frequency radiation limits to protect people from adverse effects. However, these limits were based on studies from the 1980s involving 40 to 60 minute exposures in five monkeys and eight rats, a relatively light exposure time compared to today's world of cell phones, Wi-Fi, and now 5G radiation emanating all around us. Then in 2020, in light of new research on the harms of radiofrequency radiation, the FCC and ICNIRP reaffirmed the safety of radiofrequency radiation based on the same studies from the 90s and 80s. Clearly, they aren't actually concerned about public health. The group behind this new study was founded in 2021 after they were commissioned through a petition signed by more than 240 scientists who have published over 2,000 papers on electromagnetic frequency, biology, and health. They are calling for an immediate moratorium on further rollout of 5G wireless technology until safety is demonstrated and not just assumed. The scientists who conducted studies in the 80s and 90s assumed many things which the authors of this new study strongly disagree with, given the massive amount of new information gathered today. They assumed electromagnetic waves used in wireless communication don't have sufficient energy to break chemical bonds. They assumed radiofrequency radiation could not damage DNA. And they assumed no additional data is needed to examine 5G exposure safety. That's why they continue to recycle this same 30-plus-year-old studies. However, there was a wide range of biological effects of radiofrequency radiation that were left completely unexamined, such as DNA damage, damage to the heart, damage to the brain, and even reproductive damage, especially to sperm production. Also, quote, multiple human studies have found statistically significant associations between radiofrequency radiation exposure and increased brain and thyroid cancer risk. So why did the FCC and the ICNIRP ignore this information? One of the heart damage research papers cited in the study was conducted by the National Toxicology Program. They exposed rats and mice to cell phone frequencies and found that the higher the dose of cell phone radiation, the more increased incidence of heart damage, brain damage, cancer, and adrenal glands 
gland tumors were observed. There was also a significant increase in DNA damage in rats and mice. Other research cited in this study shows that visual learning and memory in lab animals exposed to RF radiation below the supposed safe level resulted in consistent and reproducible decline. According to another research publication cited in this new study, quote, human and animal studies have shown that the testes is one of the most sensitive organs to RF EMF exposures, and that keeping a mobile phone in trouser pockets in talk mode can affect fertility parameters, such as incredible, fertility, incredible video count, by Red Pilled TV, 5G safety based on 30-year-old science. Share that video at Band.Video, folks. Share button gives you that disguised link. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at Band.Video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the American Journal. Second hour has begun, meaning we will open up the phone lines for your calls. The number to dial is 1-877-789-2539, 1-877-789-2539. Taking your calls right now at American Journal, 1-877-789-2539. Tell me, do you think, uh, do you think the lockdowners deserve amnesty? Do you think the people that destroyed our entire country and way of life over a disease with a 99.99997% survival rate uh, deserve forgiveness. I don't know. You tell me. Give us a call. 1-877-789-2539. You know, is it, uh, I don't know. It's It's weird. It's weird because the same with the the previous story, the COVID-19 stuff. It's like it's weird just knowing things are are true, knowing what is happening, talking about it, reporting on it, getting called fake news, getting called all sorts of horrible things, but being right the entire time. And then suddenly some evidence comes out proving that you are right, and it gets published in some – mainstream rag and then suddenly everybody acknowledges it they never give us credit they never go wow you guys were right you guys have been warning about this the entire time occasionally you get a alex jones was right meme thrown in the mix but overall everybody acts like they're all just learning this all of a sudden and i I guess it makes sense right you don't want to believe something that you don't have straight evidence for but is that the way you live your normal life or do you just come to conclusions based on the evidence that you have, based on the facts that you have, and based on your ability to predict behavior based off of pattern recognition in the past. Because that's what we do, and we just see what's going on, and we just extrapolate the little data points that we have to the wider construct of what's going on, and we tend to arrive at the truth. And then we get called disinformation artists, and we get called... Russians and we get called all sorts of other stuff until evidence comes out and then we're proven right and everybody forgets that they called us all those horrible things. So one of the things that we've been reporting on for years at this point, ever since the so-called Great Reset started really being advertised, we've been calling it the Great Consolidation or the Great Cooperation and talking about the fact that 
the new world that they're setting up is one in which there is no dividing line between things like the FBI and the state apparatus and the corporate structure, including things like big tech. Again, we've been saying this forever. We've been exposing this. We've been talking about how this has been going on and how it is a blatant violation of the First Amendment, completely unacceptable, and is the death of free speech in this country and around the world. Well, now there have been leaked documents published by The Intercept that outline DHS's plans to police disinformation. And now everybody else realizes this is going on, which is good. Good that everybody's finally up to where InfoWars was two years ago. Welcome, everyone, to the truth. The big question is, will this have an effect politically? Will this result in some sort of measures taken to reverse this process? Or will this simply be a data point tracking the slope of our downfall? The story from The Intercept is leaked documents outline DHS's plans to police disinformation. They say the Department of Homeland Security is quietly broadening its efforts to curb speech it considers dangerous. An investigation by The Intercept has found years of internal DHS memos, emails, and documents obtained via leaks in an ongoing lawsuit as well as public documents illustrate an expansive effort by the agency to influence tech platforms. The work, much of which remains unknown to the American public, came into clearer view earlier this year when the DHS announced a new disinformation governance board. A panel designed to police misinformation, that is false information spread unintentionally, and disinformation, that is false information spread intentionally. But of course, when they use these words, you can go ahead and uh, take out the word false because often the mis- and disinformation that they accuse people like us of spreading, it actually turns out to be entirely true. And then there's malinformation, which is factual information shared typically out of context with harmful intent. That's right. Telling the truth with harmful intent. Okay, incredible. That allegedly threatens U.S. interests. While the board was widely ridiculed, immediately scaled back and then shut down within a few months, other initiatives are underway as DHS pivots to monitoring social media now that its original mandate, the war on terror, has wound down. And of course, we reported on, on at the time that the DHS disinfo governance board was never actually shut down. It was just parceled out into pre-existing establishment apparatus. Behind closed doors and through pressure on private platforms, the U.S. government has used its power to try to shape online discourse. According to meeting minutes and other records appended to a lawsuit filed by Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, a Republican who's also running for Senate, discussions have ranged from the scale and scope of government intervention in online discourse to the mechanics of streamlining takedown requests or false or intentionally misleading information. Again, you just got to read through this. It, it's it's the U.S. government cooperating with the avenues of information, the methods by which information is delivered to determine what is and is not allowed to be spoken and is and is not what is allowed to be spread. Anybody with any semblance of anti-tyrannical feeling, anybody who thinks that they stand up against oppression needs to understand that the people that you are working on the behalf of are setting up a system in which their word is unquestionable and to deviate from the mainstream mer- narrative represents something akin to treason and will be silenced and treated as such. 
Governments or uh, this actually Microsoft executive Matt Masterson, a former DHS official. It's another thing we've been covering, right? The massive amount of interaction or like uh, trading off of personnel between places like the DHS or the FBI and big tech. They're they're hand in hand. They're cooperating resolutely. Platforms have got to get comfortable with government. He says, it's really interesting how hesitant they remain. Microsoft executive Matt Masterson, former DHS official, texted Jan Easterly, a DHS director in February. It's really, it's really interesting how hesitant they remain to having the government come in and tell them what they are and are not allowed to publish. They got to get used. They got to get over that. Got to get over that, uh, that hesitancy. Of allowing us to dictate what is and is not real. Got to get over that hesitancy. In a March meeting, Lara, Laura Dimlo, an FBI official, warned that the threat of subversive information on social media could undermine support for the U.S. government. Dimlo, according to the notes of the discussion attended by senior executives from Twitter and J.P. Morgan Chase, stressed that, quote, we need media infrastructure that is held accountable. Twitter and J.P. Morgan Chase. So once again, we see, as Kanye asked, who invented cancel culture, it does in most parts go back to the banks. The banks are leading this charge, and they're sick of their very profitable programs being undermined by the truth coming out. Very profitable wars they wage, very profitable consolidation strategy they have when it comes to the lockdowns and other things like that. So you've got I mean, this is the Great Reset. This is building back better. This is stakeholder capitalism at its finest. You've got big tech, who also, of course, have a governance board of their own, which is staffed, of course, by government officials in this country and others. Remember, the president of the oversight board that made the decision to kick Donald Trump off of Twitter and off of Facebook the leader of that oversight board was the former justice minister of the state of Israel, a high-level federal national leader foreign state having veto power over the president of the United States being online. This is the Great Reset. This is what it looks like. We'll get more into it on the other side. It's our best seller. We first came out with it five years ago, and it was a moderate seller. But as folks tried vitamin mineral fusion and experienced the way it made them feel and how healthy it made them, it has become our number one overall bestseller. And it's been sold out for a while, but it's finally back in stock. Vitamin mineral fusion doesn't just supercharge your immune system, but it helps every cellular function of the body. It has all the minerals, all the key amino acids, all of the essential vitamins that you need to live and be healthy. Essential means without these things, you die. And so much of the food is debased. There's so many chemicals in the environment. It is critical to bolster our body's defenses with a product like this. Now, there are other great vitamin mineral products out there, but this is amongst the very best, and it's a low price, and it funds the info war. So the only way you lose is not taking action today, getting vitamin mineral fusion, finally back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com for 50% off. Vitamin mineral fusion, back in stock, InfoWarsStore.com. One of the ways that your audience, you encourage your audience to give you money 
is in cryptocurrency donations, right? Yes. Infowars.com forward slash crypto. That will end up as a clip on your show tonight. Objection. Your advertisement for your cryptocurrency page. People care about the First Amendment. And in the cryptocurrency, the cryptocurrency page, people can give you in Bitcoin. Yes. Yes. Ethereum, right? Yes. As well as XRP, Monero, Litecoin, USD coin, Dogecoin, and Stellar. This is it. Give crypto fun InfoWars. Sponsor us with Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Thanks to your donations and your support at InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars is able to broadcast free worldwide, combating the lies of the Great Reset. Give crypto fun InfoWars. Donate now. InfoWars.com forward slash crypto. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, folks. We'll go to your phone calls momentarily. Continue on with this story from The Intercept. It's it's so hard to even talk about one of these stories without it just naturally enveloping all of these others. But again, as, we, as we've pointed out, this is the great consolidation, the great reset, the build back better agenda can be more accurately described as a imposition of a neo-feudal system in which there is an upper class that consists of the corporate masters and the political masters working hand-in-hand, perfectly together as one singular force against everybody else, against the vast majority of us. We're the underclass with no say and no ability to express ourselves or argue against the people at the top. We've talked about this great consolidation, this great cooperation for a long time. Now there's evidence coming out exactly how this works and how it operates. But again, did you need the leaked documents? Did you need to see it in their own words, them describing it, or was it obvious from the beginning? When you've got the government saying something and then big tech banning anybody that contradicts that saying, do you need evidence that they're cooperating or is it obvious from the evidence of their actions? This is the weird part. This is the bizarre part. We've seen how they cooperate. We've seen the effects of it. We see how it takes place. It's always baffling. We use the meme of NPCs, right? Talk about the signal that goes out. Well, they're talking to each other. They're cooperating with one another. They're calling one another and saying, hey, this guy is saying something that contradicts me. Ban him. And the media or the big tech does it. This has been obvious. Now we have the proof of it. If you needed that, in case you, you needed to actually see the words they were using, now we have it. But if you really needed – if you're like surprised by this – you need to open your eyes. You need to watch InfoWars. Because they have – but now they have you know, very clear black and white, uh, you know, just perfect – I mean, we have the whole thing now. This is it. It's the whole thing. They say there's a formalized process for government officials to directly flag content on Facebook or Instagram that requests that it be throttled or suppressed through a special Facebook portal that requires a government or law enforcement email to use. 
The content request system at facebook.com slash xtakedowns slash login is still live. DHS and Meta, the parent company of Facebook, did not respond to a request for comment. The FBI also declined to comment. The DHS's fight to, uh, mission to fight disinformation stemming from concerns around Russian influence in the 2016 presidential election. That's right, folks. You can't just talk about one thing without having a whole host of others pulled into the mix. But again, it just shows you how, how dislocated we are from reality, how inverted everything is. You have the disinformation saying, claiming that Russia is influencing the election, that Trump is a agent of Russia, this totally unfactual, baseless, made up out of thin air. They know it's it's not only false, they know it's false. They know what they were saying were lies. That makes it disinformation and misinformation all in one if you want to denote you know, the difference between the two. It's both. Uh, so they take that act of widespread establishment disinformation of the 2016 election being stolen by Russians and use it as a predicate to establish these programs where they eliminate people who were just telling the truth at the time. So it's really, it's really mind-blowing how backwards all of this is. Isn't, it? Isn't this crazy? According to a draft copy of the DHS's quadrennial, quadrennial – quadrennial? Whatever – Quarterly Homeland uh, Security Review, DHS's capstone report outlining the department's st- strategy and priorities in the coming years. The department plans to target, quote, inaccurate information on a wide range of topics, including, quote, the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic. The origins. You know, the origins we were right about the entire time, but you were banned from the internet for saying that it was a lab leak. It's now been proven out by the Senate investigation that even the mainstream media is acknowledging shows that it was, in fact, a lab leak. It's just amazing, isn't it? This is the stuff they're predicating their disinformation programs on. The truth. Things that are the truth they want to silence. That's really all you need to know about all of this. COVID-19 vaccines, racial justice, right? Something that definitely has a, a for sure a, a factual basis, right? Racial justice. Nothing subjective about that topic. That's the other thing, right? These people have subjective views that they – want to claim are objective and therefore because they're objective will silence you when in reality it's just their opinion it's their subjective view of racial justice but also including the u.s withdrawal from afghanistan and the nature of u.s support to ukraine Which again this is how they do it first it's because of your safety it's for health for covid19 we're just trying to keep everybody safe but now that we have this in place now that we have this function operational we're going to go ahead and use it for war too. We're going to go ahead and use all of this disinformation stru- you know, infrastructure that we've erected to go ahead and make sure that nobody questions our war adventurism either. Just incredible. And we'll continue on this story and show you some of the actual documents and text messages as has been revealed. But for now, let's go out to the phone calls. We've got Mike in New York who has a red alert for midterms in New York. The alarm is sounding, Mike. You're on the air. Thanks for calling in. What's going on? I want to start off by saying Zeldin for governor. Give him a shout out. Let's get those votes in and and get our guy in. The legend of Um, Zeldin. (laughs) Secondly, um, I was informed by my mom, um, who, to my pleasant surprise, is voting red for the first time ever this year. Oh, wow. Um, 
she she received something in the mail. She's gonna, well, backstory, she's going to be going away um, on vacation on the 8th. She'll be on vacation on the 8th. And um, she had the absentee ballot. So she put it in her ballot. She voted. And then she gets something in the mail sent to the crew. They can show it. Um, they're sending this through the, through the mail. So this is coming right in your mailbox. Um, kind of like, I don't know if it's, you know, <laughs> it, it's some sort of propaganda that they're sending out that's saying, you know, you, we didn't receive your ballot, this and that, trying to confuse people. Anyway, my mom called the Saratoga County, which is where she lives, Board of Elections. And uh, ask them, hey, you know, did you receive my ballot? And they go, yeah, we've actually received, or actually I said, did you receive something from the Democrats uh, from their committee? And she said, yeah. And she said, we've been, the people at the Board of Elections said, we've been getting a ton of these calls. So they're already up to shenanigans. Um, we just got to hold the line and, and go out on the day of and vote. Um, you know, I'm going as late as possible. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> you know? so, so they they probably had your mom's information because she used to be a Democrat, right? So they're sending this out to Democrats uh, who apparently are, are are voting Republican now. I mean, well, why do you think they sent this out? I don't know. I don't know if they have maybe just a mass mailing list. Um, you know, I know how those things work, where they just get a giant list and they send it out. But it's just all the coincidences, you know, of you know, a lot of people who are Democrats who have always been Democrats in New York are going to vote red, you know, and I don't know if that's what their tactic is, but it's one phone call away. You can call the Board of Elections and, you know, <laughs> ask the simple questions. So I don't know what they're trying to get at. Well, that's, you know? that's fascinating. And I'm going to cover actually how this relates to the story that I'm covering here. The next paragraph down actually relates exactly to what you're pointing out, Mike. The answer to 1984 is 1776. And the answer to get an additional 10% off at InfoWarsStore.com is 1776. We're running the Save InfoWars special right now. 40 to 50% off store-wide books, films, uh, documentaries, t-shirts, water filtration. Everything is massively discounted up to 50%. But when you use promo code 1776 get an additional 10% off that's up to 60% off and double Patriot points which means 10% off on your next order as well. These aren't just great products that empower your body, your immune system, your focus, your clarity, your, your libido they also keep us on air we're in an info war. We're not funded by George Soros, the Democratic Party, or the Globalists. We're funded by viewers and listeners and patriots like you. So please visit InfoWarsStore.com today. The sale's about to end. Promo code 1776 for up to 60% off. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. That's pretty interesting. We had a caller from New York who said that in, in the last segment, he said that his mother received a flyer telling her that her ballot had not been counted, even though she had applied for a you know, mail-in ballot and turned it in. He received that letter from the DNC. Democratic National Committee, which is interesting because, of course, the DNC is – the Democrat Party in total is working 
you know, hand in hand with big tech to silence people and, and to bring about the disinformation governance board and all of this other free speech destroying law. And they actually say in the next paragraph down from what I was reading before I took the call in this story from The Intercept, they say the challenge is particularly acute in marginalized communities, the report states, which are often the targets of false or misleading information, such as false information on voting procedures targeting people of color. So it's amazing, isn't it? The organization that is cooperating with big tech to silence people online on the excuse that they provide false information on voting procedures are themselves sending out mailers that are presenting false information on the voting process. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that funny how that works? Gosh, what a, what a wild world, huh? <laughs> Isn't it crazy? It's <laughs> just so crazy how that works. How the purveyors of misinformation and disinformation are the ones claiming that to fight misinformation and disinformation, they need extended and, and overwhelming power over the discourse in this country. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it crazy that the biggest liars are the ones that want to silence people telling the truth? Isn't that wild how that happens? Again, uh, this story may be the biggest story in a decade because – and we've pointed this out for a while because, again, we've known this for a while. InfoWars has reported on this happening for a long time. We've seen bits and pieces of evidence that have allowed us to understand the full scope of what's going on, and we've reported it as such. So we've known this was going on, and you know, we've said for a while that it's obvious that these big tech companies are cooperating with, with each other. They're – the People that have power over them are a part of this globalist cabal that is working to eliminate rights the world over and establish this new system of uncontested and unelected control by corporate policy through the World Economic Forum and that you know the decisions that they make aren't based on anything other than whether the action contributes or detracts from their overall overarching di- diabolical scheme. And the argument we always heard against that was, well, they're private companies. Yeah, but they're private companies. Yeah, but they're private companies. You know, they they get to do whatever they want because they're private companies because we, the leftists and the Democrats, we love private companies. We love when private companies do whatever they want even in disregard to to the spirit of the law of the First Amendment. They're private companies and we Democrats, we leftists, we we just always stand up for the rights of private companies. Totally absurd, but that was the argument they would make to justify their continued censorship. And when it was first revealed beyond a shadow of a doubt that the FBI was in fact in contact with and in cooperation with big tech companies to take things down, it really throws that whole excuse out the window. It's not private companies. It is the federal government, which means it is a blatant violation of the First Amendment, which means the people in these offices included in these text messages – in big tech and in politics and sometimes in both, right? Sometimes a DHS director leaves to go become a liaison with Microsoft as happened here with these people. It's a blatant violation of the First Amendment. It is uh, a civil, yeah, exactly, a civil liberties violation. Thank you. That's exactly what it is. It needs to be treated as such. It needs to be It needs to be remedied. It needs to be punished. It needs to be treated as the blatant unlawful violation that it truly is. But they say this. 
in the Intercept article. The extent to which the DHS initiatives affect Americans' daily social feeds is unclear. I don't know. I think it's pretty clear. I've lost a, a million Twitter accounts. Pretty clear to me. During the 2020 election, the government flagged numerous posts as suspicious, many of which were then taken down. Documents cited in the Missouri Attorney General's lawsuit disclosed. And in 2021, a report by the Election Integrity Partnership at Stanford University found that nearly 4,800 flagged items, technology platforms, took action on 35%, either removing, uh, either removing, labeling, or soft blocking speech, meaning the users were only able to view the content by bypassing a warning screen. The research was done in consultation with CS, uh, CISA, the Cyber Security and Infrastructure Security Agency. Prior to the 2020 election, tech companies including Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, Discord, Wikipedia, Microsoft, LinkedIn, and Verizon Media met on a monthly basis with FBI, CISA, and other government representatives. According to NBC News, the meetings were part of an initiative still ongoing between the private sector and government to discuss how firms should handle misinformation during the election. You know, misinformation like the Hunter Biden story that we now know was demanded to be taken down by the FBI themselves, and that demand was dutifully adhered to by the big tech companies. And again, we'll get more into this. We're going to go out to your phone calls here. You can actually see on Twitter the actual text messages between this and the actual documents from things like the Cyber Security Advisory Committee. You can actually see the Facebook content request system, the government reporting system they have. And, of course, they mentioned that Twitter's Vijaya Gade met monthly with DHS to discuss censorship plans. Just a monthly meeting or a weekly meeting, whatever it is. And you actually have the very text messages themselves between people at the DHS and people that were formerly at the DHS and then moved over to Microsoft. DHS says, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Sorry I didn't ring last week. You think you were on uh, – Think you were on the call this week? Just trying to get us to a place where the feds can work with platforms to better understand the mis-dis trends so relevant agencies can try to pre-bunk, debunk as useful. Relevant agencies can try to pre- or debunk as useful. Not our mission, but was looking to play a coordinating role so not every D slash A is independently reaching out to platforms, which would cause a lot of chaos. They need an organized and systematic form of censorship. The person that was at the DHS and now runs the Microsoft branch of this says, I was on the call. The coordination was greatly appreciated, was disappointed that platforms, including us, didn't offer more. We'll get there. And sector leadership had zero questions. We'll get there, and that kind of leadership really helps. That kind of leadership, I think he means. Platforms have got to get more comfortable with government. It's really interesting how hesitant they remain, again, Microsoft included. So, again, this is a government agent who has left his position at the DHS to go join Microsoft, not as a agent of Microsoft, but as an agent of the DHS inside Microsoft as a coordinator between DHS and Microsoft, completing the great merger in full form. Now, we are going to go out to your, fo- your phone calls in the next time. We'll go directly out to your phone calls. I won't keep you holding any longer. Um, I'm sorry. I just did these stories. I mean, this really is one of the biggest stories in my lifetime. If, if it is treated with a severity that it deserves, this will be the catalyst for major, major change in this country, or it will simply be the people in power telling us what they're doing and continue on. We can't let this go the same way that, say, the Edward Snowden leak went, where it was like revealed that the NSA is doing all this stuff, and then nothing happens, they keep doing it, and everybody just becomes aware. 
That cannot be the way this goes. We have to have action on this. We have to have Republicans who seem to be the only ones that actually care about free speech at all taking the information that we have now and treating it with the severity it deserves and as the civil liberty destruction that it is. This is democracy at stake, folks. So we'll go out to your phone calls in the next segment. But for now, folks, you can help save InfoWars by going to InfoWarsStore.com. The 1776 Super Sale is here. You're getting 50% off plus double Patriot points, and you help fund the tip of the spear. We are all here in a crucial moment. We need your sponsorship and support to make it over the line in this historic time. Now more than ever, it is essential to keep InfoWars on air so we can continue to defend the First Amendment. We have sales in our top products for 40 to 50% off, plus you can get an additional 10% off any item in the store using the promo code 1776. Visit InfoWarsStore.com and get these best-selling products for up to 50% off, plus double Patriot points before we run out of stock. Go now to avoid missing out on these massive savings. And remember, your purchase of these savings is a 360 win. You get super high-quality items, and you help launch InfoWars into the next level. Why don't we talk about cryptocurrency? Because one of the ways that your audience, you encourage your audience to give you money is in cryptocurrency donations, right? Yes. And you have a page on your website that's just for cryptocurrency donations, right? Infowars.com forward slash crypto. Is that a little advertisement just there? Well, we're fighting the deep state. We need okay. money. All right. This is it. Give crypto. Fund Infowars. Sponsor us with Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, right? That will end up as a clip on your show tonight. Your advertisement for your cryptocurrency page. You know, I mean, I mean, people want to keep us in the fight. So I, I, I mean, I hope whoever the big whales are, they'll give us money before we keep going. We'll just keep, we'll just keep minting money as you're in this courtroom. Objection. Objection. All right, let's move on. And people care about the First Amendment. And- Biggest sale of 2022 at InfoWarsStore.com is about to end. All our products are marked down at least 40 to 50%. But with promo code 1776, get an additional 10% off and double Patriot points. That's 60% off and 10% off on your next order as well. You cannot beat the deal. Plus, we've got incredible products like Vitamin Mineral Fusion, X3, DNA Force Plus, the list goes on and on. And these products aren't just amazing, they also fund the tip of the spear in the fight against the New World Order. So I want to thank you all for your previous support, and I want to encourage you now to take advantage of the best deals of 2022 at InfoWarsStore.com with promo code 1776. Get up to 60% off, and it keeps us on the air, and it boosts your immune system, and so much more. Take action now. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen, to the American Journal. Directly out to your phone lines now, to your phone calls. Lynn in Indiana wants to talk about people wanting amnesty. Thanks for calling in, Lynn. Do they deserve amnesty? What, what should we do with these people? Um. I was thinking the solution should be they should contact and put their name on a list with their email. And then InfoWar team can tutor them, mentor them, so they can avoid the encampment. You know what? 
That's actually not a bad idea. Because, like, you know they have that now where they, they do it with uh, diversity stuff, right? They'll have some person come in to tell all the all the white people in the company how privileged they are. You know, they do these, like, little seminars where they talk about race. What they need is little seminars where they talk where people are trained to stand up against the bullies in the mainstream media, trained to think for themselves, trained to understand just how despicably dishonest the uh, media is. I, I think that'd be great. I'd be willing to do it. I'll come to your company. I'll give a little seminar, and I, I'll, I'll, charge, I'll charge half of what the, uh, the, the white privilege people charge. I'll only charge $15,000 an hour. What do you think? I think I could do it, Lynn. Uh, sign us up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, very, uh, very good idea. Infowar mentor. Infowar's mentor. That's that's what people need. They need instruction. They don't tune into yes, Infowars. They they need it done uh, through through their business or something. Uh, thank thank you for that call, Lynn. I do want to get to some more calls here, but very good suggestion. Let's go to Joe in the USA. You want to talk about big tech and big pharma having control over the working class? Thanks for calling in, Joe. You're on the air. Hey, Harrison. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say, I don't know if you ever have seen it, but there's a award-winning documentary called American Factory. Um, oh, sure. Is that, def- that's about the Chinese takeover? I think yep. was, weirdly, I think that yeah. was produced by Obama. Really? I think so, yeah. That's, it's, it's pretty shocking. That's a good example of a brain-free work zone. Yeah. But um, anyway, I well, think— what, Well, just—, to, um, just but, uh, uh, we should really cover that that video more because it, it's it's really good and there's it's, it's pretty shocking. I mean, when you watch it, I mean, you want to get shocked into a into a reality that that just shows you exactly what's going on. Yeah, and the, there's and, there's one part I remember very distinctly where the the Chinese sort of overlords are coming in and going when you. When you talk to the Americans, you must uh, treat them like babies. They're little babies who don't know how to think. Oh, it's I'm I'm telling you, it's. So raw. I'm shocked that they haven't removed it yet. I'm shocked that you can actually still Google it because yeah. it is just it is so raw that it's it's just us totally in your face. But I want to I also want to say I think the problem in in the country there used to be a male demand for hard work uh, in this country, but I don't really think that there's a demand for hard work in this country anymore, and so. Basically, everybody's pigeonholed by big tech and and by big pharma and and the banks and and they know it and and I I don't think the vast populace of or or the vast number of the male population in this country is uh, is really ready ready to do anything. I mean, they have you pigeonholed vocally, they have you pigeonholed professionally. And again, I, 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 I do think people should definitely check out that documentary, American Factory, because that's, that's pretty much where, where the tracks that this train is on right now. And, yeah. and it has to be derailed somehow. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it just goes back to the, the clip that we've played more times to count uh, than you can count, which is the uh, Aldous Huxley clip where he, he talks about if you want to have a tyranny that will last, you have to do it through creature comforts. And in Brave New World, remember the entire point of the entire system of Brave New World was to decrease the amount of time between a desire and its fulfillment to almost zero. So they enslave you through comfort. They enslave you through 
fulfilling right, your, exactly. your basic Right, exactly. Like I said, you know? I, I think there has to be a demand from men for hard work. Back Decades back, it was like, who worked the hardest? You took pride in hard work. There was a demand from men for hard work. There is, and, and now everybody's all pampered and babied. Yeah. And so the idea is to work for as least hard as you can for the work for the most amount of money. And and in doing so, you're right. Everyone is at a point to where you're right. It's yeah. it, it, everybody's trapped pretty much. Yep. It's a, very, it's, a, it's a very comfortable slavery. And I appreciate your call, Joe. Very good stuff. And yeah, the, the crew just confirmed that that was a, an Obama produced um, piece of, uh, media there the american factory that was actually produced by barack obama so don't let that don't let that turn you off though it is a extremely informative documentary and again it's just one of those things where it's like you know the the progressives the leftists it's like half the time they have good intentions what they want to do is good but they're just so stupid in their application of it, and they're so willing to give over power to authority and, and tyranny that their entire you know, ideology is corrupt from the core. But that being said, some of their information is is accurate. And in that case, that documentary is extremely insightful into what is going on in the corporate world as our corporations sell the American people down the river because they have no loyalty to the American people. They have loyalty to their bottom line. Let's go now. Thank you again for that call, Joe. Very good stuff. Let's go to Tim in Seattle. He says the amnesty BS is nuts. That's a very polite way of putting it, Tim, but I agree. Go ahead. You're on the air. Harrison. Howdy. Uh, of course they're going to ask for amnesty. They've committed massive Nuremberg crimes against the entire planet. I mean, there's, they know. They absolutely know that it's true. So they're either going to have to beg for mercy, lull us into submission, or just commit to total war. And obviously they don't want total war because they're begging for amnesty. Mm. So we have to... Uh, we have to send a message that lasts a generation, multiple generations, that if you're a would-be eugenicist, you will be caught, you'll be tried, and you'll be held accountable. And if we have to make it public, then we can make it public. I think the best thing to do is to arrest all of the eugenicists and then live stream them in prison so that every day we could... Sorry, I just got done loading a ladder on top of a car. I'm about ready to do a sign. Not a breath. Oh, good. But we could watch them live stream. I want to watch them rot in prison. I want to know that my family's safe. And if, if we put them to death, the people won't believe it. We'll say it's fake. We'll say this and that. There's, there's so much deception in this world that we need actual, actual results. And hey, I don't we, know how we, about to go about doing it. We may, be able, to, we may, be, able to, may be able to kickstart the economy by selling uh, pay-per-view tickets to the, uh, the Nuremberg trials. Now, I completely agree with you, and you're right to point out that even the— request for amnesty is an admission of guilt if they're asking for amnesty it means that they know that they did wrong and they're trying to mitigate the consequences so i mean this is this is the opening that we need to take and and it's up to the people in office right now to show that they have some chutzpah and actually fight back against it and you know what here's a here's a a great chance for everybody that did you know force us into this quagmire to help us out to to actually mitigate some of their punishment and actually receive some forgiveness by you know pointing out exactly what happened admitting what they did admitting why they did it i mean 
I'm, I'm willing to forgive if they if they are actually legitimately sorry and you know ask for forgiveness and understand what they did wrong. There can be there can be forgiveness there, but as long as they keep uh, pushing their crap, we need to, like you said, teach a lesson to last generations. I think that's exactly right. Very good call, Tim, and uh, keep up the great work as always. Let's go to Michael in Virginia. I want to talk about the NWO and WEF, but you repeat yourself. Thanks for calling in, Michael. You're on the air. Absolutely. Good day, Mr. Smith. Thank you for taking the call. Sure. Well, first of all, they're coming to InfoWars, who's been the tip of the spear for information since the, in the very beginning before anyone else has. Alex Jones is in court for InfoWars. It's not about Alex Jones. They want to stop information warfare. They want to stop us with this ridiculous $2.75 trillion thing that they're putting out there. Okay, so they're coming to us asking for forgiveness. We will deal with them behind the scenes. We will meet with them and make a deal with them. One, InfoWars has to win in court. This has to be removed. Number two, they have to remove the, their, their leadership head, Klaus Schwab. Mm. We know they're losing right now. They're begging right now. They're losing at all fronts. The technological industry is on our side. We need them. Elon Musk is a plus in the stream of controlling the technological bureaucrats. We are winning. We must not give up. We must stay in this fight. We accept their deal for amnesty, but it is, has conditions. Wow. Well, very well put, Michael. I, I love it, man. We are winning. You're right. We should be looking at this as a victory. That, that was really inspiring, Michael. I, mean, I, I don't know. The way you put it right there really, uh, really dro- drove it home. We will accept your, your amnesty request but only on certain conditions. And first and foremost of that would be decapitating politically your entire leadership, getting rid of the people that got us in this mess in the very beginning. Brilliant call, Michael. All these calls have been brilliant. Amazing. We'll be back for the third hour. Don't go anywhere. It's our bestseller. We first came out with it five years ago, and it was a moderate seller. But as folks tried vitamin mineral fusion and experienced the way it made them feel and how healthy it made them, it has become our number one overall bestseller. And it's been sold out for a while, but it's finally back in stock. Vitamin Mineral Fusion doesn't just supercharge your immune system, but it helps every cellular function of the body. It has all the minerals, all the key amino acids, all of the essential vitamins that you need to live and be healthy. Essential means without these things, you die. And so much of the food is debased. There's so many chemicals in the environment. It is critical to bolster our body's defenses with a product like this. Now, there are other great vitamin mineral products out there. But this is amongst the very best, and it's a low price, and it funds the info war. So the only way you lose is not taking action today, getting Vitamin Mineral Fusion, finally back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com for 50% off. Vitamin Mineral Fusion, back in stock, InfoWarsStore.com.